I, yeah. Does it sound okay like this, or is it better like this? I like it the the way it, the way you have it right now because yeah. you're you're coming through more clearly. All right, we'll go with that. You can just hear me yeah. breathe and all that. <laughs> yeah. I'm Which, mute every time you know, I take a breath. This, yeah, sometimes that ad, adds like dramatic effect of like, oh, I can't believe you just said that. Or <laughs> yes, tell me about is, it. I know. <laughs> you know. But yeah, um, so yeah, I, I I think we can talk through this, and I think they. I mean, is there? I mean, really, we could probably spend time on on just each of the those first three things and i mean talk a bunch about it and i don't know if you saw my my note with um with that but yeah i i I agree that uh teaching ministry but i think that that is uh just that that's a component of his whole the ultimate revelation right right which he is the ultimate revelation right which we we have said and no i i again like just in and I'm going to introduce it this way too, just so that everybody like all cards on the table. Cause I don't want like, this is a paper that I had to write for grad school. <laughs> yeah. Um, it needs to be fleshed out more because yeah. I was given a constraint that I, you know, had to be within. So not all of the ideas are fully fleshed. I mean, you've yeah. read the paper yeah. or at least glanced at it. You know, that it's very surface, right? Like it is not fleshed out at all because I had, maybe three pages that I was allowed to write mm-hmm. or something like it was a very short assignment because it built into a like capstone assignment at the end of the semester. Right. So that was just like one chapter of the bigger overall assignment yeah. of chaplain ministry. In fact, the title of the paper is part one, Luke. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, um, but we'll get into all that and we'll just, yeah. We'll flesh it out. I, I'm excited because this is something that's been burning in my mind since yeah. Well, I 20, think since COVID because I yeah. wrote it during COVID. Oh wow! Okay. And uh, I even after I wrote this paper, I I had emailed my professor and I said, "Has anybody, to your knowledge, written a book like this?" Yeah. And he goes, "No." And I was like, "Okay." Yeah. Like. Yeah. The only yeah the. I mean, I know that there are there are books out there that address discipleship, but mm-hmm. the only one that I know of specifically that goes kind of like chapter by chapter, verse by verse of anything is The Cost of Discipleship yeah. uh, by Bonhoeffer, because he mm-hmm. goes through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but and I think this is more than just nice. discipleship. I think this is more of a, hey, this is... I mean, ultimately, the theme of this book is sanctification, which is a very misunderstood yeah. part of the salvation process. Mm-hmm. In my like, the way that I teach salvation is we talk about salvation because it's a, a biblical world word, but that's really the beginning of the process, right? Because there's salvation, sanctification, glorification, and it's those three things working together that ultimately give us that reward and hope. Yeah. So I. I tend to, I mean, I agree that sanctification is often, is probably the thing that's most misunderstood. Yeah. Um, because it is this, because oh, it, 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 usually questions on sanctification are, okay, what do I do now? Correct. Um, or now what? And, like people or, should read yeah. from uh, Uncultured Dead. Yeah, right. Um, but 
the the concept of salvation uh, is is both a a now and a not yet an ongoing yeah, already pro- not yet. yeah a, a a a promise made that is fulfilled in time here and now but also is not realized until Christ returns Correct. like Correct. the the wholeness of it and that's that's really the thinking about salvation that and I um I forget which Bible. I think it's my first Corinthians Bible study. I'm actually going to talk about this. That you know, salvation is is not just simply okay. My get out of hell free card. Correct. No, it it is it is the promise that God has restored you to Him. Yes. That He is going to restore all things, yes. and that you now partake in that. Yes. It's um, not saved from it's, something. It's saved to something. Yes. Yeah. And, and that and that and now and now that that does mean there are things you are saved from. Absolutely, like you, you you don't have the 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 consequence of hell hanging over you. You don't have, um, you know the the reality of death is that it's now just a rest. Uh, if you want, like, mm-hmm. you know, that's why we put rest in peace on your on tombstones, and that the working out of of all things and that ultimately evil will be undone that's all part of salvation and so it is this yeah it, it, it is it is here in time it is here in present and it is Absolutely. belongs to all christians mm-hmm. but it is also we see it a mirror dimly now mm-hmm. then we will see face to face correct so all right are you ready sure here we go What's going on, everybody? It is AJ and Coleman for the Two Chaps Pod. We are excited tonight because we're actually going to go a little bit different <laughs> of a format um, because Coleman and I have been mulling over an idea. I've been mulling it over a lot longer than he has because this is actually something that I started to produce in grad school where it ends up, we really have no idea, but I brought him uh, this idea last week um, of working on a project together. And he threw out the idea of, well, if we're going to work on this project, it's going to be kind of similar to the way that uh, C.S. Lewis developed, shall yeah. we say, mere Christianity. Um yeah. And what we're doing is we have this this new project that's called Like Jesus, Imitating Christ as Disciples. And whether that becomes blogs on Uncultured Dad, it becomes a book that is co-published by both of us, we really don't know. But this platform and the Two Chaps Pod, every so often is going to have one of these Like Jesus, Part 1, Part 2, Part However Many, yep. right? Um in order for us to flesh this out and then hopefully produce something that will serve you as well. And here's the basic concept. Paul calls us to be imitators of Christ. And he even tells us in Philippians 2 to have this mind among you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And if that's the case, then in order for us to fulfill our Christian life and in order for us to grow like Christ, we need to become more and more like him every day. 
And so in order for us to do that, what we want to do is take a look at the Gospels, which are literally the life of Jesus and his ministry, and learn how how to be more like the ultimate man, our God, and great Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, and I think there's one thing I think we should start out with kind of prefacing is to say... uh, what we don't intend this to be or what we don't intend by um, imitating Christ as disciples. One, there's only one Jesus. Okay. And so to, I, I know cause yeah. it'll just yes. be something that will be thrown out. Of course. You know, no one here can die for another person's sins. No. You, it, we are, we are not capable of that. You can't even die for your own sins um, to pay for it. There, there's not enough, good in you and there there never will be uh that is what jesus alone does uh, and we thank god for that because yes. he did it and by faith in him all our sin is atoned for uh you know our guilt is taken away we have the promise of everlasting life god is no longer the enemy uh, enemy but now uh, they are adopted father correct and mm-hmm. so we do have to to kind of start there and get that part out of the way because uh, it, it can, when you think about your life and imitating Christ, well, there are certain things that you're not going to be able to do. And on the whole, we're not going to be able to do miracles also. We're probably Correct. not going to be, uh, you know, at our uh, wedding party and they run out of wine and, you know, we just say, oh, well, fill up the the washing jars and, you know, <laughs> we'll see what have, happens. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, or, and, and, and things like that. So, I mean, there is a, there is a distinction between who Jesus is and what he's done um, and what he's done for us and, and, and what we can do. Yet there is also the example that he sets for us. And I mean, that's the, uh, you know, the place that I, I, I at least comes to mind first is Matthew 28 where he gives the great commission or what is known as the great commission. Um, you know, and it is, you go into all the world, make disciples of all nations, mm-hmm. baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and the Holy spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. So we, we see that as disciples are made by baptism and teaching, there's no separation there. It's their equivalent statements and so this ongoing learning of Jesus' commandments, of the things that he has done by his example and his, mm-hmm. his own teaching. And so that's, uh, you know, wrapped up in what we're trying to, to flesh out here is, okay, how is it that we appropriate what Jesus has done in his life, his death, his resurrection, and most specifically in his teaching for us uh, that we can emulate that and will ultimately glorify God and remain faithful as disciples of Christ throughout the throughout the entirety of our lives. And so what I want to do is I want to give a big overview of the project, um, of kind of the way that we see this fleshing itself out. And, and let me just explain where it came from. So I got my Master's of Divinity um, in order to become a chaplain. And we had to write a paper, which became a part of a larger project for the end of the semester. And this first part of the project was for us to be assigned a gospel 
and see how chaplain ministry specifically was not emulated, but could be taught, I guess, or informed by the ministry of Jesus. Mm -hmm. So you would take what you knew about the chaplain ministry and see how Jesus ministered and how those two things could correlate. Yeah. Um, And so through that, what I had developed, I was assigned the Gospel of Luke. Our project will cover all four Gospels. But through that project, uh, specifically in studying the book of Luke, what I saw was there were personal actions that Jesus took as far as growth was concerned. Because we know from Luke 2.52 that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Like, Jesus in his humanity did grow. And so it's important for us as men and as husbands and as fathers and as leaders that we grow. And so there's going to be personal growth that is associated with this, specifically in understanding our calling, um, having a growth mindset, understanding the discipline of solitude, humility, um, our reputation, and our prayer life. Yeah. Now, those things may merge and 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 the 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 topics may change specifically, but it's going to really center around a lot of those things because, again, this is a fleshing out of these ideas, right? So there were six personal actions that Jesus took or disciplines or whatever we want to call them in that were personal to him of, of things that he controlled. But then there were also six ways that he interacted with people or right. personal interactions that he had with people throughout Luke. Um, things like his transient ministry and, and going where the people were. Jesus was constantly on the move, and he even told his disciples at one point in the Gospels, <laughs> you're serving a master who has no home. Right. I have nowhere to lay my yeah. head, right? Yeah. Which is evident by the fact that he was constantly moving. But he was also very truth-filled, obviously, because he was the truth. Um, he was also empathetic and unbiased yeah. in the way that he dealt with people. He was very intentional with the way that he dealt with people, I think specifically about the way that he handled the lepers, right, where Mm -hmm. he reached out and touched the lepers. That's very intentional, Mm -hmm. right? And then, obviously, ultimately, we know that Jesus' ministry was very sacrificial, um, and that was the entire point of his ministry. Um, And again, those things may change as we flesh this out and as we look at the other Gospels and how they all kind of paint this picture of Jesus's ministry, but that's the overarching idea. What are the personal actions that we can take as men and as husbands and as dad as dads and as leaders? And then what are the personal interactions, how we interact with those around us in order to serve and to love and to train? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the jumping off point. Yeah. No, I, I think those are good. And I would also caveat that with you know, these are not exhaustive of everything, um, but these are huge, you know, kind of markers of, of or who Jesus is for mm-hmm. uh, the people that he's interacting with right then and there in that time. Um, and then also just the, the, the major events that, you know, that are teaching moments for us to say, oh, yeah, okay, it it, it is true that the... Uh, you know, the the Gentiles love those who who treat them well. You have to love your enemies. You know mm-hmm. that that kind of 
And so this, this, you know, all these really uh, challenging things from Jesus, but they're also corrective in the sense that there is a way that we were, and this ties back to our favorite topic, there was a way that we were created in the beginning <laughs> to be uh, God's yeah. creatures and, mm -hmm. and to live in that perfect fellowship with him and with one another. Um, we often forget that, you know, as God created Adam and Eve together for each other, they were created really in perfect harmony with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and so you you start to flesh out those things of, well, when Jesus comes and, yeah, he reaches out and touches the leper, complete, completely breaking, you know, any of the societal norms, societal norms and, and yep. even, even the Torah, like in a sense, um, because what, what should have happened is Jesus should have become unclean. But instead, what happens? The leper becomes clean. Right. Um, and, and the leper is restored to the community and all that. So we see these things uh, and try to, well, embody them and carry them out within our communities. Um, and, 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 and communities being all the way down to the smallest unit, the family. Um, to you know the next largest unit, the groups of families that come together as church, to the larger units outside of that, the place in which the church lives, mm -hmm. um, the city, town, whatever whatever size it is, to all the way to the to the ends of the earth. Um, so, which is ultimately what the Great Commission was, right? Judea, correct, Samaria, yeah. and the ends of the earth, right? And. Yeah, so I, I I'm I'm excited because I I, mm -hmm. I also think it, it it'll give us a uh, well obviously the you wrote it with the intent for chaplains as kind of how does this but when we when we think about and I'm going to use a Luther quote here uh, if, yeah I don't know and I probably have said it before but uh, Luther uh, once quipped that a father is a priest in his own household. Mm -hmm. So meaning that he is the one who stands in as the representative for God to his family. Mm -hmm. And so when we think about, okay, yes, chaplaincy is a specific type of thing. Being a pastor is a specific type of, of ministry. You know, you're called, you're ordained into it, you're whatever, you're set apart for that specific job. But as fathers, you still have to carry out many of those uh, roles mm -hmm. with your family. And I think that's one thing that gets maybe lost in translation or not focused on when it comes to discipling dads. But you have to understand that as a dad, you are your child. And as a husband, your wife's first pastor. Yes. Mm -hmm. You you are the one that is meant to shepherd them yeah. as a family unit and disciple them. That's why we always say, right? Love, serve, train, protect. Yep. Yeah. And you know what like and provide. Like the training is part of your duty as a father, which is why I think this is going to be such a big deal, this project, because like the first thing we have written down in our introduction, right? And Jesus's ministry was a teaching ministry. Right. I mean, he was the master teacher. Yeah. There was nobody that was a better teacher or even interpreter of the law to the point that when Jesus was even 12 years old, he was confounding. Yes. <laughs> yes. Scholars of that time. Right. And in order for us to be like Christ, 
in order for us to you know grow into the that image and and really honor our calling we have to be stewards of the teaching that Christ laid forth and i yes. understand and i know that you know and i'm going to let you go on this one but the <laughs> teaching aspect of of his ministry was a smaller part of what was the ultimate purpose of his ministry right. which was revelation correct yeah um and i mean when we think about so Hebrews uh, is what comes to mind for this, you know, in many various ways, Hebrews yes. 1, many various ways God spoke to his people of old by the prophets, but now in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, so that everything that we are supposed to know about God is found in Jesus. And mm -hmm. so that's ultimately who he is. And that's, and I say that that is distinct or, or, or at least encompasses the teaching aspect of it, because what you learn about God and what Jesus does is his love, his grace, his mercy, his compassion for each and every one of us, that God would send his son mm -hmm. into the world to, to uh, as we say in one of our liturgical prayers, um, to bear our sin and be our savior. Uh, just like, again, kind of the alliterative uh, sure. aspect of it. But so so that's the whole thing, and that this is this is God's revelation. You cannot know the true God outside of Jesus Christ, um, and that this is you know. Well, and you uh, stopped uh, a verse short in Hebrews. Oh, okay. Because what does verse three say? Who is the okay. exact imprint of His nature? So yeah. to know God is to know Jesus, right? Which is First John, and, right? And well, in probably multiple places in the epistles of John, um, and well, and in and in the gospel, that this is uh, that they would come to know uh, me and the uh, and the one who sent me, as as Jesus is talking, and by knowing this, by believing this, having eternal life. And so yeah, so this is uh, the the whole of Jesus' ministry is really this revelation that leads to salvation um, for all mankind, uh, for all who would believe. And, but yet, we don't, we are not, Jesus is not walking around with us today, no. healing the lepers and, you know, or the cancer patients or, you know, whatever, um, as he was back in the first century. Uh, you know, in the in modern day Palestine, uh, modern day Israel, that area. So, what does last now, though, is his teaching, and that is going back to your point. He is the greatest interpreter of the law because he wrote it, um, <laughs> you know, and and he is the fulfillment of the law too. That's Correct. the other thing to to think about, and that what is written, uh, both in the Old Testament, finds its fulfillment in Christ, but then also is written down for our learning that would point us to Christ. So it is, again, the teaching of this. Um, Wasn't it Spurgeon that said, you don't have to look far in Scripture to find Christ preached? Or it's something well, to that effect. I, I, I mean, he, he, if he I didn't, think it was, <laughs> but it, if not, then just say it was AJ Riley. But right, it was, yeah. it was, you know, every it, from Genesis to Revelation, yeah, 
every well, word is pointing to yeah. who Christ was. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Luther says something to the effect of uh, there you can Jesus blood comes through the words in every on every page of scripture mm-hmm. and 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 that's true that you know everywhere when you when you come to kind of the the realization that, that Jesus is the key to all of scripture then yeah he just he is there because the, the again the concepts of of revelation and salvation start to appear on every page that this is what God is intending for us and what he is in, intending to do. Um, and I mean, that right in Genesis three, Genesis yeah. three twenty one, right? Yeah. When well, God clothed yeah. them with the skin of animals. I mean, well, that is the greatest foreshadowing that could take place. Well, yeah, that, but I would, I would even back it up to Genesis three fifteen. Yeah. That, the proto evangelion, the, the gospel right. before the gospel. Right. That, uh, he will crush your head talking to the seed of the woman. Uh, talking to the serpent, um, you know, and that that this is, there will come someone who will end evil, and who will redeem this world. And I that told you is what the big Jesus Christ, big Bible storybook calls him. Uh, yeah, you did. Now I can't remember. Uh, so, the, like, right when you're reading about the fall and stuff, it talks yeah. about how there will be a snake crusher. Yes, yes, that's, that's right. to come. And I was yeah. like. Yes, because I hate snakes, and any snake, <laughs> the only good snake yeah. is a dead snake. Yeah. And so when I read Snake Crusher, I'm like, I, I like that term, Yeah. right? Because it's true, but, and it's, it's to get back on, on topic, though, yeah. Um, since I had to take my moment to say how much I hate snakes. It's a biblical fear of snakes, let me just put it that way, <laughs> okay? Like... I feel very justified in my theology of hating snakes. <laughs> okay. Um, but the teaching of Jesus mm. is oftentimes I feel like it can be misunderstood. And that, actually, when we were we were at um, service this past Sunday, um, my dad is is the pastor, and he goes, "I'm thankful that the disciples." Often were as confused <laughs> yes. as we were, <laughs> right? <laughs> because yeah. had they just understood it, we would not have gotten these yes. teachings, yeah. right? And so that's why I, I think that it's important for a project like this to encompass the entirety of the Gospels. Um, yeah, but that teaching is ultimately it goes back to what you were talking about is. Hey, I'm here. Yeah. I'm the revelation. Right. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Right. Right? Um, But there's also a lot of teaching that can help us and inform us as dads and as husbands and as men. And as leaders, and 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 as as Christians, as Christians. period. Because yeah, yes. I don't, I don't want to exclude our correct female our, audience at no, all because on we this love, either. What's that? Because we love women. Oh yes, I mean, let's yes, be honest. Yes, like yes, we're better to them. We are. <laughs> yeah. They are beautiful. So, yes, um, and and they are a part of this this community. Uh, well, and, this community and, and a part of God's plan. I mean, that's yes. why the example of. Uh, what salvation is is or or the completion of sal- consummation of salvation is Christ and his bride the church mm-hmm. so, yeah um 
but on the uh, thinking about the teaching things, uh, and there are the way not only like pedagogically, like the methods that Jesus uses, but just also the the depth in which you can always come back to his word and learn more. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's the, you know, we, so in, in my uh, tradition and, and many traditions, we have a, a lectionary system and it just, it repeats for us. It repeats every three years. Some churches use it where it's just the same things every one year. Um, and I know that, that, that concept goes all the way back to the, the synagogue times, um, possibly even before, but there was a repeated pattern of words uh, of scripture that was read. Um, and Paul talks about it, you know, when, when actually when he's criticizing the Jews uh, who have not believed because they read Moses every week in the synagogue and that the veil still is over their eyes, that this is about Christ. Mm-hmm. But that the, the reality is, is that each and every time you come to uh, something that Jesus teaches or does, which is also you learn from his actions, there's there's just more and more to take away. Um, the example that I heard in a presentation, and I, I like this, I haven't fleshed it out at all, but I just the imagery of it makes sense, is this idea of fractals. And that, you know, as, as, as it, mm-hmm. it splinters off, it becomes more and more and like, mm-hmm. it just goes on for infinite. And, and I really think that there's a, an element of that in scripture itself. And should that surprise us? No. Who wrote it? God. Right. Using the hands of men. Yes. But it was inspired by the spirit that we might continue to grow in this word, that we might continue to imbibe it and uh you know just that that becomes you know the source of of life for us so any specific examples from the gospel that you've come back to and you're like oh that's new yeah not new but like oh Uh, or or there's a a, yeah a different take on it so i mean the the parables are are usually Mm -hmm. ones um that do that because there's there's and and I could say this over the course of of life more than just simply what I've preached on in in my time of preaching, but that you you begin to see um, so f- for example the parable that I preached on just a couple of weeks ago uh, was the parable of the the wicked tenants the wicked farmers the and it's another thing. This is just a critique, sort of, of the eternally sovereign version. Uh, but you know, the, in order to to help people understand what's going on in uh, the Bible, people have put in you know subtitles and whatever section headers of like, what is this? What is this that you're about to read? Which is helpful in a lot of places. But the one thing can be that, a crutch. It, well, it can be a crutch, but it can also be misleading in terms of what you're what you're expecting to find in the the parable. So the parable of the wicked tenants, which it is about the wicked tenants, but actually it's more about the owner of the vineyard. So yeah. the parable as Jesus tells it is you know uh, and he's and he's almost 
quoting verse by verse Isaiah 5. When a, a master builds a vineyard, he puts a wine press in it, puts a fence around it, and he hires tenant workers and he goes to a another a far off place. Mm-hmm. When the time for the fruit arrived, when the season of harvest came about, he sent servants to get his fruit. And what hit me in reading it this time was it, it and and so the the servants come the tenants kill them beat them stone them um the master then sends more servants and it, it, it was it was in the connection of, of those two things that god is intent on having his fruit or the master is intent on having his fruit and obviously you, you start to put the parallels together that this is god who wants his people he wants um you know his word to bring forth faith in people and that's the fruits fruits of repentance that are referred to throughout the gospel of matthew and so you start to see this not as ultimately the punishment that's going to come to these wicked tenants which is true which is what happens it's the judgment and the the irony is that the chief priests and the elders pronounce this judgment and they pronounce it correctly and it's the judgment that's going to fall on them because of their unfaithfulness but it's it's this beautiful imagery of this is the faithfulness of god hmm. who on earth if at, 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 i mean i the my mind immediately goes to the military if we sent a platoon or maybe even just a squad of guys into a place and they got completely annihilated that we would just say oh well next guys up. next next guys up and just send them in without rethinking everything that's going on and saying right. wait a second we are totally mm-hmm. unprepared for this we are whatever um you know and whatever situation that might be of where you send somebody and they are it turns out terribly and you go oh let's rethink this no he sends more servants mm-hmm. into this into this vineyard and then and the same thing happens and then he, and and again he doesn't step back and say, well, you know, let me rethink about this. No, he says, I'm going to send my son. They will respect him. And so you get this picture of this is how much God cares for his vineyard, his creation, his people, um, that he is willing to endure even the rejection of his servants so that they would just come to believe everything that's there is mm-hmm. belongs to him um so yeah that that kind of a lengthy example there sure. but that was when i read through it this the when in my preparation for the sermon from a couple of weeks ago that was what really stood out to me of like who is a god like this that this is how patient and kind and loving that he is and what is even more remarkable is because this kind of comes up again in Acts 2, is that when Peter calls out the people who ha- who were responsible for killing the son that was sent, God is merciful to them because they say, what then can we do to be saved? Repent, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of mm-hmm. Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. You know, And it, it's just like, this is incredible that, that our God does it it is it's literally unbelievable and you can't come to believe it without the holy spirit working so correct so i know uh, that went i know that went down no, a rabbit trail no that was good yeah. that was good and i i say that because there's one that sticks out to me 
um, you know, specifically when it talks about, when we're talking about teaching, um, you brought up parables, right? And I heard somebody say, you know, parables are kind of like a movie preview. I tell you the kingdom of heaven is like, and then he gives like a preview, but not the whole thing, um, which I thought was an interesting take. Hmm. Okay. Um, but I always like the moments of Christ teaching when he's being confronted. <laughs> yes. By the lawyers or the scribes or the Pharisees, yeah. right? And in one of those sections where they ask him, uh, like, why he hangs out with the sinners and, you know, them, and he gives yeah. them the parable of the lost sheep, and then he right. gives them the parable of the lost coin, and then that follows that right up with the prodigal son, all three of those stories right in a row. Right. And he starts with the lost sheep saying that there's rejoicing in heaven when one returns to the fold. But then in the parable of the lost coin, he's, he doubles down on that and says there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels yeah. when that sinner is, is brought home. And that was always taught to me of, well, there's this big party in heaven that goes on when a sinner repents, right? The angels and all that. But if you actually read those words, it's the rejoicing in the presence Mm-hmm. of the angels well who is mm-hmm. the one that's in the presence of the angels yeah. god the father god. who sits on the throne who's yeah. the one that's rejoicing and finding joy in the center the sinner repenting and then the very next parable is the prodigal son and we know the story of the prodigal son because what happens when the son comes home yeah. the that's dad the rejoices yeah right which yeah which again i think is a misnamed parable course uh, because it is the, the parable of the waiting father uh, of the and and this is and that's and he's really the key to it yeah of course 100 percent he is yeah. yeah and yeah but it's just I, interesting that there's always and as that's the beauty i think of and why it's so important for christians right we want to talk to everybody that's why it's so important that we spend time in the Word and studying Scripture. Because, right. yes, Jesus is the ultimate revelation. But the final mm. revelation that we have is this Word of God mm. that speaks to mm. who the ultimate revelation is. Right. And so we have to study because you come to pages of Scripture. And you yeah. may have grown up in Sunday school or have found Christ yesterday or he found you and saved you yesterday regardless of what your story is there is lessons to be learned on how to be more made into the image of christ yeah every time you come to scripture yeah yeah there was the in first corinthians this the bible study that i'm doing the uh paul talks about or or maybe was it first corinthians or second corinthians I don't know. I've got I've got two different Bible studies going, but talks talks about being conformed to the image of His Son. Um, it's gonna, I'm pretty sure it's First Corinthians, but that this is that is what our lives are is is being conformed to this image. And and you're right the the way that we we being Lutherans talk about the Word of God is it's in a threefold sense. Okay, so first you have the the personal Word. Who, which means the word as a person, and that is Jesus Christ. Um, and that's everything focuses on him. 
because he is the word of God, he reveals who God is completely fully. Um, you know, again, quoting uh, Hebrews 1. But then there's also the, uh, we would say, the, the second form of the word, which is actually the spoken word, which in, in time becomes the written word for parts because the prophets speak and that's written down. God speaks to Moses and that's written down. You know, there, you know, there are elements of that spoken word that get put to paper um, and becomes what we have as the authoritative text of mm -hmm. God's literally inspired word, the Bible, which is the third breathed one, out by him. Second Corinthians or second third, Timothy three sixteen says, correct. And the, but the spoken word, what, where the connection is made is also that it takes, uh, because it, and so the spoken word is the second and the third form of the word is the written word, the, the Bible. And the Bible is what we have today as the boundary markers for if you want to be Christian or not, here's what you take. And that this guides everything that is preached, the spoken word, mm -hmm. um, because the, the, the word is still spoken today. When you go and listen to a sermon or when you're in a Bible study, there the spoken word is active because you are declaring this is what God is saying here and now. And that is always to point to the personal word, Jesus Christ, who is still alive, I mean, very much so, and still active in, mm -hmm. in the world. Um, that's the, and I was thinking about this in our, kind of the, the transient uh, part of, of Jesus' ministry. He did move around from place to place in his earthly ministry. He still does the same, but in a different way, and it is by the word, the mm -hmm. word written, the word proclaimed. Correct. And, you know, that that that's, um, you know, so I, I, it's just an interesting concept because I'd never thought about it in those terms of like, oh, yeah, that's that that's an interesting word for that uh, to talk about his ministry in in that regard. What the um, being transient? Yeah. To like, well, to, and I just I, I just yeah. So when I was writing it and I was looking at Luke specifically, um. I just kept finding, and he moved from here yeah. mm -hmm. to there, yeah. and he moved on from here to there, yeah. just constantly on the move. And and yeah. but to take it a step further, like you did, that that word is still transient. Yeah, it very much is so. Um, which is why, yeah. and I think it's so important. Um, ultimately, all of Jesus's teachings come back to the fact that. I am here for a singular purpose, hmm. right? If you, the kingdom of God is like this, but if you want to get to that kingdom of God, your sins have to be dealt with, right? right? Yeah. Um, so it makes it that much more imperative, I think, for us mm -hmm. now, one, to know the word, obviously. Right. But as leaders and teachers and husbands and dads and Christians, okay, we, when we teach, it always has to point to Jesus, right? Which seems like an obvious statement, but in 2023, yeah, it's not as obvious, right? And that may seem like 
you're pigeonholing or getting yourself backed into a corner. But at the end of the day, I don't care how much scripture you can quote. Right. I don't care what your church attendance record was in Sunday school. I also don't care, you know, about anything else. Yeah. Because ultimately, and and this is, I don't even know if I I told you this, um, but when we were at NTC, um, one of our buddies, and I'm just going to name him, Sergeant Nyhoff. I mean, we love (laughs) him. He is a brilliant, I love conversations with Sergeant Nyhoff. Yeah. He came to me one day, he goes, Chap, I need you to talk to this soldier because they're asking me a ton of questions. Like, and every morning I had a, a, a psalm and a prayer service, mm-hmm. and, and Sergeant Nyhoff was as faithful as could be. He'd just get off the night shift. He'd come to the psalms and prayer, and we would pray for this specific soldier because he said, they're seeking. Yeah. And, um, and, and Nyhoff's giving them books, like left yeah. and right, through, and the soldier's reading them. Well, one of the books that he gave them was Who is Jesus by R.C. Sproul. Mm-hmm. So the soldiers reading that book, and at like ten thirty at night, they were working in in the the S one tent, and they were working the night shift. And they said, "Chap, I need to talk to you." And I was like, "Okay." So like we go, I go over there, and I was there till probably one in the morning. Yeah, talking with the soldier, um, validity of the Bible, you know, wanted yeah. to know. Like he goes, "I've I've looked at all these religions. I just don't really get the difference between all of them." I said, "Well, here, I'll give you a simple summation." Every world religion <laughs> yeah. tells you exactly what you need to do to get to God. Right. Christianity tells you everything that God did to get to you. Right. There's your difference, right? Yeah. And I said, ultimately, the question is right here on the front of this book. Yeah. Who's Jesus? That's the question you have to answer. Yeah. Because if you can answer that question, then then we can have a different conversation. So we left it at that. I come back the next night, and he goes, I think I got it. I go, all right, who is he? And he, I, and he goes, he's Lord. All and right. I go, that's the correct answer. Yeah. But I'm going to follow it up with one more question. Yeah. I know that he's Lord. You said that he's Lord. But is he your Lord? Right. Because that the answer to that question makes all the difference. Correct. Right? And and I think as teachers, that is the ultimate. Like, yeah. at, you know, we both spent time in education, right? And you have a purpose for your lesson. Yeah. I don't care what part of the Bible you are studying. I don't care what part of, you know, devotional book or, you know, big storybook Bible story that you're reading to your kids. At the end of the day, it's Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. And and I'm going to keep plugging this big storybook Bible because it is, every time it ends with, yes, Moses was a deliverer. Bless you. Excuse me. Sorry. Yes, Moses was a deliverer, but there was a greater deliverer that was coming. Right. And it always ends that way. It always yeah. points like, hey, there's someone else coming that's greater than David. Yep. There's someone else that's coming that's greater than Josiah, right? They're like just continue, and it was like, man, I, I that's why I think this project is such a big deal, right? Yep. Because yeah, we can talk about Jesus, but like let's actually study his life so yep. that we know how to become more like him. 
Right. Well, and to this to comment on something that's there are the other thing to realize about scripture and about how it has to be focused on Jesus is that there are cults, for lack of a better word, that use the same scripture that we use, but have a totally different understanding of who Jesus is, of what he came to do, of what it means to go to heaven, to be saved. All those, all those same words that we use in the church, but are, are filled with completely different meaning. And and this is not something new. I mean, this is you go back in church history, the the people that were condemned, the Arians at the Council of Nicaea had the same Bible that Athanasius and the the Orthodox Christians, what we call Orthodoxy today, had. So it is very important to understand that the Bible is not just something out there. I mean, a roadmap to life. Those things are in there. Don't get me wrong, but it is all about Jesus. And it, yeah. is, and it is ultimately like you are um, saying, well, when John writes in his gospel, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God. Uh, but it becomes more important that he is my Lord. Um, everyone at the end of all time is going to confess Jesus as Lord. The question is whether it will be to your shame that you're confessing that or to. Correct. Uh, to your glory at that point, because you will be sharing in that. And Luther in his small catechism is uh, when he's explaining the second article of the creed of the apostles creed, which is all about Jesus, um, Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord. And uh, he begins it. He says, you know, that I, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the father before all worlds and true man born of the Virgin Mary is my Lord. And puts that personal part of onto it because that is the difference between faith and not is believing. Yes, He is my Lord. Mm-hmm. He is caring for me amidst all of life circumstances. He is continuing to teach me, uh, and, and sometimes that teaching is painful, but sometimes that teaching is awesome and it's glorious and it is wonderful. And you get these glimpses of the kingdom here and now, but also a foretaste of the kingdom that is to come. And to go back to a little bit on the on the parables thing, because that was is interesting thinking about a, a movie preview. I, I, I don't disagree with that on the whole, but what I will say is that there's often a misunderstanding of the we hear the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God and we think something that's out there that's not yet happened. No, these are things that are happening here and now. That's why we and, are per believers in the already but not yet concept. Correct, yeah. And it is very difficult to agree with you if you don't <laughs> like <laughs> it I mean, not to get theological, but like if you that's, if you can't that's what this podcast is. It is yeah, I know, I, I get it. But like like once I kind of transitioned over to this covenant theology Mm-hmm. already but not yet concept it i mean the lord's prayer your yeah. will be done on earth already as it is in heaven you know Eternity. not yet right yeah. like mm-hmm. like 
there is that concept consistently flowing throughout scripture and and that is something that i'm so glad that you brought that up is like we talk about the kingdom of god as if it is a far away goal to achieve right and there is a a moment where that that kingdom is going to be realized Correct. Yes, yes, absolutely. But there is also the reality that that kingdom is currently happening yep. now, because right. guess what? Our God is the creator king, mm. and kings yeah. have to have a kingdom to rule over. Yep. And, and well, it's and active. It, it's present. It, it's exactly. not futuristic. Yeah, and it, and it goes back to the parables, uh, specifically, I mean, it's easy, easy ones to think of, that you mentioned of the lost coin, the, the lost sheep mm-hmm. and the waiting father. Um, because nice, I, and, nice and, edit. right. Yeah. Really. And, and really it, the, the, the lost sheep should be the, the, uh, good shepherd, shepherd or the yeah. seeking shepherd. Yeah. Because I mean, that's essentially like alliteration. Exactly. And you know, the, the lost coin is the woman who is the, the seeking woman at that point. But it, it, because that, that happens here and now. There are people who come to believe in Jesus Christ as Lord, as Savior, as their Lord, as their Savior, here and now. And and there are Christians who also repent of their sin. I mean, because that's the other thing to, to think about is that this is not simply when, when the sheep is lost, it wasn't like it was this sheep from another fold. Right. It was part of God's fold uh the coin it didn't Wolf belong to Mueller, man else. We, this keeps coming up yeah because the gospel it's, it's, is not just for unbelievers right right yes, yes and the so, gospel is as much for believers as it yeah, is for unbelievers yeah and it's this, that on your soul yes and the son was never not the son of right. the father of the waiting right. father um and, oh, and in man. fact it's the it's the other son who Almost rejects. And the coin wasn't something that she just saw in the street. It was right. her. Coin. It was hers. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so you realize that that is the kingdom happening here and now. That when sinners repent, when they and when they uh, are restored to the community, and when they are brought back, and when reconciliation happens between the the people of God, uh, from the minor scale to the you know the the families that are uh, at each other's throats. Or whatever, because the Jello somebody brought Jello, and they were supposed to bring, uh, you know, chicken salad or whatever it was, the potluck, or you know, the carpet in the in the church. But when that when the songs that are sung in church, (laughs) that that, that might not be as much of a controversy in the Lutheran circles, but my brother in law leads our music at church, and yeah, he gets that. But when but when that reconciliation happens, when mm-hmm. sinners are r- repentant and when they forgive each other and are restored, that is the kingdom of God happening right then, right there. And that, you know, and that continues to take place and will take place up until the last day when the entire kingdom is fully revealed. I mean, that's Paul from Romans 8 talking about the creation is longing for that, the revealing mm-hmm. of the sons of God. Because the creation itself knows its creator, and it knows that it's been subjected to futility, not but its not own without actions, hope. Yeah, but, but not without of, hope. Yeah, correct. And, and and so that this is will come to fruition someday, and 
we're longing for that. And that's that's another thing with with our own Christian walk is to long for that kingdom to be revealed, longing for Christ to return and holding on to that hope going, he is going to come back someday, someday soon, and he is going to make all things right. Mm-hmm. That impacts me here and now because he has taught me, and this comes from you know, Micah, uh, he has taught you, old man, what is right. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with your God or love mercy. Um, and that's that's what we should be doing. Correct. And, and so, yeah, I, go ahead. I I just am agreeing with you. Like yeah. <laughs> it, it's and that's why, again, this project is happening. It's something that I think. Um, well, I know it's going to be beneficial for us because obviously yeah. we're going to be studying about Jesus and then right. we're going to produce something through these podcasts, through blogs, through books, something that hopefully will also encourage you. Um, but the ultimate thing is be an imitator of Christ. Paul says it in first Corinthians 11, one imitate me as I imitate Christ. Yeah. And he tells us in Philippians two, five, have this mind among you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Right. Yeah. And that is the ultimate goal of, this project there will be more podcasts like this you can check them out on youtube they'll have a different graphic than what our normal Mm. podcast has there will be the and a separate playlist that you can play these from as well but we hope that you will join us in this project as we flesh out this idea of being like jesus imitating christ as disciples he's coleman and i'm aj This has been the Two Chaps Pod, and we will see you next week. Stay uncultured. Whew. Man, that was a lot of stuff in 50 minutes, 45 minutes. Like, I think, and I don't know, remember when you used to do the do-outs? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's a... The way I do our videos is there's a software that will transcribe everything. It's not perfect transcription. Mm-hmm. But what I think I can do is, like, we'll create, I've got a folder like Jesus on the Google Drive. We'll just create a separate folder for every chapter yeah. or whatever, and I'll throw that transcript in there, and we can, like, then Come that way it. we can review. Yeah. Whew, yeah. Man, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I, that rejoice, man. When I heard that about the rejoicing in the presence of angels, I was like, "Yeah, that that's a game changer." Well, yeah, and and I didn't I didn't bring this up because I didn't know. And then I didn't realize that I haven't. That was the parable right before the you know waiting father, um, but it just flows right like, and I was like, okay. But what yeah. didn't you bring up? So uh, when Jesus actually introduces it. Uh, it is one he told them, or, or at least the way Luke introduces it, the way he writes it, he told them this parable. So it's like one continuous story, even right. though it's three different things. Uh, right. And so, yeah. But. Uh, yeah, he told yeah. them this parable saying. Yeah. Right. And so, 
And then the other, I mean, and, and, and those are parables that you just like keep going back to going, there's, there's more here. Cause yeah, it is the, the shepherd who seeks in it. I mean, I just think about, and, and I've asked uh, some farmers like, you know, do you know your sheep? Like, do you know how many you have and how many you're, you're supposed to? And then, you know, I, and I haven't asked them like, what's the economic, Let, let's say you lose one sheep. What's what what's the economic worth of that? Is it worth you going risking your life to go find that sheep? Because that's the other thing. It's like the sheep is not. <laughs> we get the impression it's not in a safe place. I wonder and, if contextually or or culturally it would be different now than it was then, though. Economically, and, yeah. You know uh, what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Well, so it, it may that, not be economically advantageous for a shepherd now to do true. that. But back then, I mean, that was... Yeah, yeah well, yeah, if that was their livelihood. But even, even that, I mean, it's like one out of 100. It's like... And, and because the other thing is he leaves the 99 in the open field. Which is like, well, isn't that where predators can come and get them and where they could all wander off themselves in totally different directions, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, that was um, one of my professors talked about with parables. Look for the absurd thing in them. And that's where you find God working. Like that's his. Thing. Well, that's the yeah. absurd, right? His leaving yeah. the 99 in an open field. Right. Yeah. So, and no, then, that was good. Yeah, that was good. Did I show you my? I showed you my to do list, right? No, uh, I I think I think you said something about it, but uh... this is just until the conference in November 11th, and some of these are not like just, that's one page. <laughs> There's the next page. Oh, nice. And there's the final page. Oh, wow. Okay. But it's, uh, and some of them are like weekly things that need to be done. So like they're mm -hmm. on here once, but they need to be done weekly. Some of them are like, get them done and cross them off. Like I crossed off 10 different things today. <laughs> wow. When I tell uh... you it's been a week, and then on top of that, you know, what we're dealing with at the unit. Um, but before we get into that, I'm going to say goodbye to everybody on Spotify and Apple. Thank you for, oh, and Google Podcasts. We're on there too. Yeah. We'll see you guys. Make sure you like this, subscribe, rate, all the fun stuff. We'll see you all next week. Hey, everybody, just want to thank you once again for spending some time with the Two Chaps Pod today. If you're on YouTube, make sure that you've liked and subscribed to our channel. Pound that bell for notifications so you can be notified when our latest content drops. If you're on social media, we are all over the place, including the brand new threads from Meta. And I do want to remind you, for longer content, including pre-show and post-show audio, make sure you've subscribed on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. We'll be back next week with a new episode of the Two Chaps Pod. And until then, stay uncultured. <laughs>